Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin County Medical Center, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin County Medical Center, with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to this Father's Day edition of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Your host, Dr. David Hilden. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you, Denny, and to you as well. Happy Father's Day to you and to all the dads out there. Are you going to be hearing from those rascals in your uh, your family? Uh, you know, I wonder. Hey, kids, if you're listening, it's Father's Day. Because your daughter's in Los Angeles. My Island. daughter's in L.A. I, sh- I bet she will. I'll bet she'll uh, she'll probably text. That's what the that's what you do that's now. You text. <laughs> <laughs> no, no greeting cards. But no, that, oh, that, oh, heavens no! no. I'm not sure that she knows work. what that is. No, no. I'm gonna have a relaxing day. Gonna go to the orchestra, and then we're gonna hang out by Lake Harriet today. Outside. Oh, nice! It'll be a nice. Yeah. It looks like it's gonna be a nice day. I think up it here will be comfortable temp- temperature wise. You know, 70, 72. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to alert our, our whether you're the Father's Day callers or what. This is an open line show. This is your opportunity to ask Dr. Hilden uh, your general health questions. We're not talking about any specific topic today. So please give us a call or send a text, whatever is easier, uh, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. We've cleared the lines, and you can fill them with your health questions for the doctor. Or send a text, 81807-81807. Look forward to getting your calls and texts. So, or you could tweet me if you want. Not everybody likes oh, to tweet, right. yeah. but if you're a Twitterer, um, you can tweet me at dr. David Hilden. Um, and if you put the hashtag Healthy Matters, I'll be sure to get it. So you can do a question that way if you like as well. You 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 can be found in all sorts of uh, publications, not only as far as professional journals, but exactly, the, but the strip as well. Exactly, I was the interview subject for a, a Star Tribune article this past Thursday. Um, and so I was interviewed by Ali Shaw. She's a great reporter for the Star, Minneapolis Star Tribune. And uh, we chatted about um, the, the topic was 10 things or 10 questions you might want to ask your doctor. And so we had a nice long conversation, uh, uh, Ali and I did, the reporter from the Strib. And we talked about a variety of things that, uh, that from my insider perspective, I think you should ask your doctor. Because, you know, doctors only have about a nanosecond in with, with you, you know, <laughs> You ever gone in there and you think like you've just said hello and your doctor's already got her hand on the doorknob or his hand on the doorknob? And, <laughs> yeah, and your doctor, you know, usually says something like, "Is there anything else I can help you with?" Or if they don't, it's because they're afraid to ask it. That's the question that doctors are most afraid to ask in a clinic. Anything else I can help you with? Because the answer might be yes, and you know you don't have time. <laughs> so, so that's a little tongue in cheek. But we had a serious uh, discussion about um, ten things I think you should ask your doctor. Or um, be willing to ask. And it's in the Thursday, June 15th Star Tribune. Uh, that was just four days ago. i tell you what I'll do. I'll, uh, later today I'll put a link to that oh, good. on, on the, uh, the blog post, which is at myhealthymatters.org. Many of you check it out um, each week. And so I encourage you to do it. I'll try to get to that yet today. I'm a little busy day today, but, but hopefully I can get to that today or tomorrow. I'll just put a link to the Star Tribune article. It ran on Thursday, June 15th. All right, very good. 651-989-9226. Uh, and, uh, or uh, send a text, uh, like we mentioned, 81807, 81807. Let's go to the phones. Jim is calling from Columbia Heights with a question. Go ahead, Jim. The doctor's listening. Hi, Jim. Hey, doctor. 
Um, my question to you is about feasting. When I was in high school, I uh, was stung once and did not have a problem, but the second time I got stung, I ended up in the emergency room and was told by my doctor that I needed to uh, carry an EpiPen with me at all times. Is that something I outgrow through age, and do I need to continue to carry the EpiPen, or is it something that only happens infrequently and, and the allergy will eventually will dissipate? Really good. Yeah, good questions, Jim. My first, um, the the first part of that is, will you outgrow it? Maybe, maybe not. Um, some people, uh, your allergies do wane over the decades, but this is probably not one that I would count on it doing that. And it, um, the first time you got stung is when your body first uh, was exposed to it, and then everything after that, your body has learned to be afraid of the bee sting, and um, and. What it is is basically it's not that like it's not like you have too weak of an immune system, you have too strong of an immune system. It's actually overreacting. So you might have that for a great long time. And so in your case, since you had a severe reaction, which many people do to to bees, um, I would advise that you carry that EpiPen at least for the future, as as we can foresee it. The 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 reactions can be very serious. They can close down your airway, making breathing difficult and drop your blood pressure, which is a condition called anaphylaxis. And so, yes, I would, I would carry the EpiPen. Now, you might want to see an allergist to get a, you know, a, or maybe you already have seen the allergist. It sounds like you have, um, just to ask him that question. But I, I wouldn't risk it. Now, you asked about how rare it is. Yeah, it is rare. So, it, so it's if you're going to walk from your house to your car, and maybe you don't have to have an EpiPen taped to your forehead the whole time. But if you are out and about and away from medical care, I think I would have it with me. All right. Very good. A line is open if you want to use it, 651-989-9226. It's an open line show today. Your general health questions for the doctor. Sue is calling from Big Lake. Sue, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. The question I have is I was diagnosed with IBS about four years ago, and I've dealt with those symptoms for four years. Recently, I've had a couple episodes where I get horrendous stomach pains and cramps, and they don't go away. I end up in the emergency room with IVs and um, nausea medicine. I've had many, many tests. The last thing I had was a CAT scan that showed no masses, no tumors, no anything. But I haven't gotten anything as regard to further treatment or what I should do about this. So I'm asking just to see what you would recommend. Right. So have you um, – you said IBS, so irritable bowel, correct? Mm-hmm, correct. Yeah, sometimes um, – I miss here, and I thought it was with a B. Uh, or it could be an inflammatory bowel. Those are two different things. Irritable bowel, you, um, it's sort of a diagnosis of exclusion in that what I mean by that is that you do need to go through all of the diagnostic tests to make sure there's not something anatomically wrong, and it sounds like you have. For other listeners, what I'm talking about here is that um, you can't – Irritable bowel is a is a functional problem of your bowels. It doesn't function correctly, but if you were to look at it, it looks normal, but it doesn't function normally. And um, either people get a, a predominance of diarrhea or they get a predominance of constipation or many people get both. And many people also get um, stomach cramping. They get pain. And um, many people also have kind of a fatigue-like syndrome with it. So it's really a big deal um, for loads of people. So to get more to your situation, Sue, once you've done all those things, you've had imaging tests or you've had a colonoscopy or, and you've had all the things and, and no one can see anything wrong to fix, like with a surgeon. <laughs> they can't fix anything. 
Then it's about more medical management. And what we mean by that is um, things to keep your stools regular. Um, That is uh, easier said than done. But sometimes we recommend fiber agents, bulking agents, things to keep. um, uh, There are the serotonin medications sometimes help people. Um, these were initially developed for depression, but they um, they work with serotonin, and it is well established that there's a link between um, your uh, with serotonin in the bowels, and and sometimes those help as well. Uh, those are just the medication ones, and to be really honest with you, Sue, none of them work perfectly. Um, there are there are some more specialty medications as well. So what I also suggest to people is that we look beyond just medications. Try some kind of um, – uh, um, frankly, it's a hard psychological thing to deal with for many people. So, uh, so we ask people to you know, try some relaxation techniques. Go to um, – uh, uh, there are uh, counselors even to, to help people get through it because as I say, it's a functional thing, not an anatomical thing. And you know, going to a meditation or doing yoga isn't going to help if you have a big tumor in there. But it sometimes can help to get our mind-body balance back into place. So some things like that to suggest. What I would do is this, though. Many doctors, including your primary doctors, who maybe aren't real um, up to speed or really have a ton of experience, the best we can do sometimes is prescribe some of these medications. So I would kind of continue to look for someone who maybe has more experience with it. I think there are some people at the University of Minnesota, actually, that do, although I can't think of their names right now. but uh, maybe find somebody in a gastroenterology department that has a little more experience with irritable bowel, and that might be helpful as well. I'm sorry I don't have much more specific to that, but that's kind of the reality of your, of your illness. 651-989-9226. Text, and we're getting a bunch of those, 81807-81807. Should we take some of those yeah, texts? Yeah, let's Eddie? do that. Is this a good time? Then we'll, then we'll take a break. We'll take one here and then a break. I have, an, I have a ganglion cyst on the top of my hand, it says. Can you speak about this cyst? Do I need to have it removed? A ganglion cyst is a benign, non-cancerous little fluid collection on the on the tendon sheaths of your wherever there's tendons, and it's usually on the hands. Um, lots of friction in there leads to these little fluid collections. They can easily be removed by a surgeon. I would not recommend taking the old uh, technique from 50 years ago and take Merriam-Webster's dictionary and hit it in it. People used to do that. They used they to did. take a huge book and they smashed it and it just popped it. It's coming back, and that's they can get infected. Don't do that. But they can easily take it out. It's a small procedure. All right. I tell you what. Let's take this break, and we'll uh, be right back. Inviting our listeners to phone in your question for the doctor or send a text. Uh, phone. Uh, there is one line open if you want to use it. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text is eight one eight zero seven. In the Twin Cities on this Father's Day, clouds moving in. Our temperature reading currently sixty two. Welcome back to our Healthy Matters show for this Father's Day. Your uh, general health questions for Dr. Hilden are welcome by phone or by text. It's an open line show today, 651-989-9226, or uh, text us, and we'll get back to those, 81807. John in Minneapolis is on the horn with uh, the doctor. Go ahead, John. Uh, yes, I I had uh, uh, some tiredness and dizziness and so forth, and... Uh, they decided that in the last month I had an irregular heartbeat, which they increased to, to improve it, and it did. So now I'm wondering, should I ask them to do it more? Wait, John, John, before you go on, I'm not sure I get it. They What did they increase? My heartbeat. They wanted it to go faster still, huh? Yeah, it was going too slow ah. for a whole month. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so you probably had what's called some type of bradycardia syndrome. Um, bradycardia, it's like Tom Brady, like Brady, the football player. <laughs> um, Brady means slow, cardia is heart rate. And so you probably had too slow of a heartbeat, which, which can be a problem or isn't always. In and of itself, if your heart's going a little bit too slow and you don't have any idea about it, it's not really a problem. Let's say your heart rate is 50. That's a little slow. But most marathon runners, their heart rate is 50, and they don't have a problem with it. So in and of itself, it's not bad. But it does get to be the case that if your heart is slow for reasons that aren't because you're a highly conditioned athlete or something like that, then it can be a problem. And so we often try to make it go faster. Usually that's with a pacemaker. Um, And um, and that's the main thing to do for that. Now, if it's irregular, that's different. Bradycardia only means slow. Irregular is something different. You might have atrial fibrillation or you might have um, SVT or some other kinds of things. And many of those require um, different kinds of treatments. Uh, and so it's a good idea to have all those be seen. So, are you, John, if you're still on the line, is it better now that it's going faster? It's, it's better, yes. It's improved. And I think uh, I was just wondering if I should uh, ask for more. <laughs> you know, if a little's good, a lot's better, huh? <laughs> I would. I probably wouldn't. As long as you are, if your symptoms are getting better, you want the lowest. Uh, you you know, just enough is is all I would do. But um, I would report that back to your doctor. Say, hey, it's a little better, but do I need it to be a little bit more yet? And you could ask that question because I'm not exactly sure what interventions they've even done. But um, the 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 main point is that if if you're feeling better at what it's doing now, you're probably okay. Do ask them that question, though. I probably shouldn't get too specific because, yeah. you know, I'm not your, your doctor. But it sounds like you're heading the right way, at least. All right. Thank you, John. Uh, the text uh, message, uh, we have a, a bunch of those. Here's another one kind of along John's yeah. line. This, this texter says, what to do about my heart racing? I cough, then heaviness, then it goes away, then it repeats a few times. I'm a healthy person. This person's uh, reluctant to seek medical advice, let's just say. And um, uh I would seek medical uh, attention on this one. You could have something uh, um, like atrial fibrillation, like I was just telling John, the caller. And some you could have a supraventricular tachycardia or SVT. Sometimes literally coughing makes it go away. A lot of people with um, some of these arrhythmias that they can notice, it goes away simply by coughing, bearing down, going to the toilet, um, all kinds of things like that will make it go away. And in fact... Sometimes in the clinic or in the hospital when somebody goes into this, I ask him to do just that. I said, hey, why don't you cough a couple times or bear down like you're having a bowel movement and see if it goes away. And sometimes it does. Um, But we need to know what you have. This could be something else. The heart racing could be the sign of there's an underlying heart problem and you need to have that looked at. So you need to make sure that your coronary arteries are okay and that your heart is beating strongly because this is not something you should just dismiss. but if you're scared to see the doctor, as many people are, and this texter kind of alluded that they're not real excited about going in to see the doctor, um, mo- most of these things, the vast majority of these things are well-treatable. Cardiologists have a zillion things they can do to help you out and to get you through this so you won't have, the, have those symptoms and it won't have to be so scared. So it's far better for you to go see a, a person over your um, for this texter. Yeah. There's another text. There's one that says, what do you know about the drug Trulicity? And um, I just saw this text, and I told Denny what I can't remember is what its generic name is. And most of the um, um, I'm trained, and most of my doctor colleagues at academic health centers are trained not to use 
brand name medicine. So I just had to look up the name, and it's dulaglutide. It's um, uh, that's one of the new insulin. Um, oh, what's a good way to put it? It's for diabetes who's who's diabetics whose blood sugars aren't low enough on metformin alone. It's an injection that kind of gooses your pancreas to make more insulin. It's of the newer class of diabetes medicines called GLP-1 um, uh, agonists. So Trulicity or Dulaglutide, I can't say. say the darn thing. It's too early on a Sunday morning. Um, it's a good one. I do have to say it's a good one. These A lot of new medications are what in medicine we called Me Too medications, in quotes, Me Too. Some drug company gets a successful medication and the rest of them are Me Too. I want a piece of that market and, the, and that they're all basically the same. These GLP-1 medications for diabetes, of which Trulicity is one of them, aren't Me Too medications. That's a whole new class of medications that seem to work. Now, there's several in that class, but it is one of them that is probably going to be around for a while and is effective. It also has a side effect, which everyone loves. It might lead to a little bit of weight loss. You don't take Trulicity for weight loss, but it can have that side effect. So it's a good diabetes medication, not the first line. But after you've tried metformin, and again, this is only for adult onset or type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetics need insulin and insulin and insulin. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Want to grab another one? Here's one that I'm not so sure about either, but let's see. It's what can be done for hammer toe outside of surgery. The best thing I know is surgery. Um, A hammer toe is the result of the deformity of the the joints in your toes, you know, there's joints in your toes, and probably from wearing shoes that fit too tightly over a whole lifetime, or just because you got arthritis in your toes, they get all deformed and they form like hammers, and so they kind of go, they sort of curl under. Is I guess is is the way to say it, and it can be painful and hard to get in your feet. I could, you could try. I would go to a podiatrist, go to a foot person. They can maybe do some things. Um, to, I, I'm not exactly sure if there's anything other than surgery once it's got to a certain point. Um, if, it is, if it's not severe, then I would recommend just staying away from uh, ill-fitting shoes, too tight shoes and the like. But other than that, I would just see a surgeon, um, especially if it's not your big toe. The, you can do fine with the surgeries on your, um, on your little toes. One more here that Let's says, one more. I have developed an allergic reaction to sunscreen on my neck and face. Any recommendations on a certain brand? Um, I can't recommend a brand, but um, some of the sunscreens are chemical in nature and some are simply barriers. So see the kind that you use. The barrier kind are zinc oxide and I want to say aluminum oxide, but I'm not sure about that. The zinc oxide used to be that white paste you put on your face. Now it's clear. But those are barriers. They simply reflect the sunlight backwards back to the sun. The other, there are other kind that do a chemical reaction in your skin. It's not a barrier, but it's a, it's a sunlight hits it and it makes a chemical reaction. So maybe look to see the kind that you had that gave you the allergic reaction and pick one of the other kinds. Um, I would also see a dermatologist. They have um, That's the best thing I would recommend first and foremost is that they have an expert – um, a bag of tricks, uh, they can help you out with that. So see a dermatologist. We have great dermatologists at Hennepin. If you live in Minneapolis, I would go to our North Loop Clinic, see one of our three outstanding dermatologists there. Um, they're right in Washington Avenue on the North Loop Clinic. They can get you in soon. They're great. 
um, I would for sure do that. And if you want to see him at North Loop, just uh, call him up at 612-873-6963. Very good. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back with another half hour of the show. It's an open line show today. You can give us a call or send us a text. 62 degrees here on CCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. This is an open line show today on this Father's Day with Dr. David Hilden and your questions, either by phone or by text. We've got one line open, and you can always send a text, as some folks do, too. But let me give you the phone number, 651-989-9226, or again, the text number is 81807. Before we go back to the phones, maybe we could pick on uh, some. Yeah, of the why, we have here. so many. We're going to, as we fill up the phone lines here, and they are doing just that, um, we'll take some text messages. Just a word of uh, uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, to my own, to my uh, to Danny, to you, and to everybody. I hope you have a great day with whatever you might be doing today. I want to remind people to go to myhealthymatters.org for more information about the show. That's the blog site associated with the show. Um, I'm going to put up a link to the Star Tribune article that I, where I help answer the question uh, or the what 10 questions should you ask your doctor. So I will put that up on the blog post. It'll just be a quick post with a link to that site. So you might want to check us out for that or any of the previous shows and all, any of the several dozen posts I have done previously. There's 60 or 70 or 80 articles for you to read. Right there on myhealthymatters.org. Okay, here we go to the text messages here. Going back to some that came in the first half of the show that I didn't get to. Here's one from Sandy that says, Hi, I was playing golf on Friday. Hey, that's a good thing. After a shot, I walked back to my cart and felt a little something in my head and got a bit dizzy. Sat in the carts and looking far off, I was seeing double. Not up close, just in the distance. It just lasted a couple of minutes. Didn't come back since. Your thoughts, please. Well, Sandy, I would have that looked at. It is probably something along the lines of a little mild dehydration. Just for a moment, you didn't get enough blood to your head. You know, um, it, it takes a lot for the human body to stand up, sit down, swing a golf club, move around without getting occasionally dizzy. You have to have, it's a complex system of your blood vessels have to clamp down. You have your blood, your heart has to beat harder. You have to have enough blood to pump and all the way up to the small little recesses of your brain. And for maybe just a second or two, you weren't getting quite enough blood to your brain. So it's not, and maybe that's what it was. But the key word there is maybe. I'm not sure what else that could be. So I would have that evaluated. Just have a, uh, maybe have a neurologist see it or go to your primary doctor and get a little brief eye exam. I think that would be important. I never want to mess around with eyes. And if you were seeing double, that should be probably looked at. Not an emergency, but I would do that. Okay. Uh, here's another one that says, uh, just someone's thanking us for doing the show. I appreciate the nice comments there. Um, somebody sent a text of thanks for the show, so thank you for doing that. Here's another person who clarified uh, um, about the allergies to bee stings, and I had said that uh, you might grow outgrow it. And this, I have a texter that says, yep, please mention that I did uh, have allergies to bee stings and went and had testings done and having been stung as a child and then went back to an allergist as an adult and no longer had bee sting allergies. That is certainly a possibility. I just wouldn't bank on it until you've seen an allergist. Um, And one other one before we go to the phones, a texter says, I have a large lump by the side of my breast. It seems to get bigger and smaller. It is painful when it is swollen. So as always with any breast lump, I would advise you to have it evaluated by a doctor, always, because you never know. But this texter um, does say a couple things that are encouraging that this is not a cancer. 
it comes and goes. It gets bigger and smaller. Tumors tend to not do that. Cancers don't get bigger, smaller, go away and come back as a general rule. So that's encouraging. The other thing is that it's painful, and often breast lumps are not painful. Um, So those are things that at least are encouraging. But that being said, please have this checked out. Um, It might be an abscess. It might be uh, um, uh, like an infection. It might be just an inflammatory process, or it could be a cancer. So please, um, the texter, do have that looked at. All right. Back to the phones. Dave in Lakeville is first up. Go ahead, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm holding in my hand here a flyer from a company that offers ultrasound screenings. Uh, They say they've partnered with 100 hospitals across the country and have screened nearly 8 million participants, uh, primarily to help avoid a stroke. They say that they are testing for carotid artery, uh, for plaque, heart rhythm screening, uh, abdominal aortic aneurysm screening, peripheral arterial, uh, arterial disease screening, osteoporosis risk assessment. And I'm just wondering if uh, I've seen a couple of uh, other companies like this that offer this. I'm wondering what your opinion is on if these screenings for stroke primarily are a good idea. Yeah, great, great questions, Dave. Um, my initial reaction to these, and they've been around for some years, is a little bit... Um, uh, um, how should I say? Uh, not positive. Um, uh, I don't. I don't regularly encourage people to do them, but I don't do that strongly. The reason is this: these tests are legitimate in that they do discover some condition in your body. In terms of your carotid arteries, yes, they can determine that your arteries are a little bit narrowed. And in the case of your, which could be a future risk factor for stroke, they can determine that your aorta in your belly is a little bit aneurysmic or widened. That's called a AAA or an abdominal aortic aneurysm. They can tell that. They can kind of tell, yeah, your bones are a little bit not quite as strong as they used to be. So they can do that stuff, but the problem is what do you do with the information? These are not um, uh, widely accepted screening tools. And in order to be a widely accepted screening tool, there has to be, A, it has to be a sensitive and specific enough test to give you valuable information, And B, there has to be something you can do about it. If you're going to get a test that you do nothing with the results, then you're wasting your money. And I recommend you take the money and go off to Tahiti with it instead because at least you'll get some enjoyment out of it. So that's my problem with it. If you've got a little extra disposable income and you don't don't mind ambiguity because what if they tell you your carotid arteries are 50% blocked? I'll tell you right now nothing you're supposed to do about that. So you know it. Now you're just worried. So what I would tell you to do if you came in to me with that test and they said, yeah, they say my carotid arteries are 50% blocked, I'd say, well, watch your cholesterol, exercise, eat right, and that's what you would do. I would tell you that whether or not I knew that information. So it's not necessarily going to change much of what you do. If you had a bad enough carotid artery to cause an imminent stroke, you would probably be having symptoms. So I guess it's a judgment call. If you have a, if you don't mind the expense, you're okay with a little bit of ambiguity on the results, as in I'm not sure what to do about it. Or if you have like a really strong family history of stroke. You know, people are having strokes a lot in your family, uncles, grandparents, parents, brothers, sisters, then maybe you'd be more likely to do it. But other than that, I think I would just um, do your regular routine exams with your doctor. Keep your blood pressure down. Keep your cholesterol down. Eat right. Don't smoke. That kind of stuff. Okay. Very good. 
Uh, thank you, Dave. Uh, Pat in Minneapolis is next on the phone. Go ahead, Pat. Thank you for waiting. Yes, um, I enjoy your show. Um, I had knee surgery about six months ago, and uh, during this surgery, I had something called uh, uh, bradycardic cardia yeah. episode. I I'm, hope I'm coming close. Yeah, bradycardia, correct. Yeah, episode. And um, so uh, they had me stay in the hospital just to be watched for a couple of days, but they didn't do any tests. And the doctor was kind of one of those doorknob guys, and he never really explained much to me. And so I know the type. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, and I was, I was pretty out of it. Um, compared to other surgeries I've had, you know, so I wasn't real clear-headed. But I'm just wondering um, what that means and what would cause that during surgery. Hey, Pat, have you had, now that was six months ago, have you had any symptoms since then, such as dizziness, mainly, or extraordinary fatigue, mostly dizziness? No, none at all. I, I seem to... Aside from being extra out of it in the hospital, and that went away, you know, within a week, I've been fine. Okay. So what you had was bradycardia. Um, There was a similar caller in the first half of the show about uh, is a slow heart rate. Brady means slow. It's the opposite of tachy. So tachycardia fast, bradycardia slow. And it, it... um, if it was around the time of the surgery and it has not happened since, you're probably in the clear and don't need to do much. But your heart is at least prone to going too slow. So if you are in your day-to-day life feeling dizzy, particularly when walking or when you stand up, um, or if you're just, you know, if that's main, the main symptom is dizziness. If you're passing out or feeling like you're going to in your day-to-day life, that could be a, a a result of a slow heart rate and a pacemaker would be needed. But if it was just around the time of surgery, it was probably due to the insult of your body, a big knee surgery, anesthesia probably did it, and it's probably not anything you should need to worry about now. We don't go messing with slow heart rates if they're not causing symptoms. So out in the community, if you're out walking around, living your life, doing your own things, and you're not having oddball symptoms of dizziness and passing out and fatigue, we'd probably just let it go. That being the case, I would just occasionally see your doctor and make sure your heart's doing okay. Have them listen to your heart, get an EKG, and just make sure that uh, your heart's looking okay. But I think you're probably okay, Pat. See how fast he can grab that doorknob. Yeah, I love that. I know the doorknob. You know, I know exactly. He's on your way out the door and doesn't have time to explain much. It's something I'm not happy about. We have to take a quick break, Doctor. We'll be right back with more of the show and your calls. So those folks on the line, hang in there. Text messages as well. Here on CCO, temperature reading on this Father's Day, 63, going for 72. And welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. It's an open line show today on this Father's Day, welcoming your calls and text messages. And as you can see, Doctor, we have uh, we have plenty of both. Indeed, uh, should we, we do. get You want to grab, uh, let's grab a phone call here for, because of the folks been waiting. Uh, Terry is uh, calling from Rogers. Terry, you're on with the doctor. Hi. Uh, my husband was recently sent home from the hospital. While he was there, he tested positive for MRSA. They sent him home with no instructions, and I'm almost afraid to touch the poor fellow. <laughs> I get it, Terry, because um, what happens is uh, MRSA, or uh, methicillin-resistant Staph aureus, is a nasty bacteria that's resistant. And when you have an infection with that, or even if you've had a past infection with that, 
in the hospital, we gown up, we put full riot gear on, you know, we have gloves on, no one's, no one touches anybody. And, and that's, that's mostly for invention, uh, infections control. We don't want to spread it from patient to patient. And so we, you're, you bring up a good point though. Then we send people home from the hospital, just back to their routine lives and we don't tell them anything, you know, like now what do you do? Well, it is probably, you know, it depends what his infection was, Terry. So many people carry the staph bacteria simply in your nose. And so it's, you're just a carrier, but you're not really infected by it. Other people have an active infection in your skin or in, in your soft tissues or your lungs or even in your bloodstream, and those are more serious infections. So what do we tell people at home? Well, we don't routinely tell people to avoid contact with someone with MRSA for the main reason. It's just it's not practical, and most people aren't actively infectious. Um, you know, uh, but Staph aureus is everywhere. It's all over. It's you know, even without your husband's situation. It's everywhere. It's just that most people aren't carrying it um, around with them indefinitely. So what I recommend to you is simply this, is use good um, hygiene at home with your hands and with your uh, um, surfaces. Um, Probably everybody ought to do this. I don't want us to become germaphobes by any means, but washing hands frequently, um, uh, things like that is a good idea. Uh, It is not likely that your husband has an active infection um, that, that like you can't touch him or you can't be in the same room with them, things like that. I, I doubt that's the case, not knowing his specifics, but I doubt that's the case. It's more he's probably had a past carriage of this bacteria and just some routine precautions of healthy living at home with uh, you know, washing hands when you sneeze and cough and things like that because it could be that he's carrying it in his nasal passages. That's the most common place. Mm. Um, if he has an open weeping sore on his body somewhere, like his leg has an open wound and it's got – weeping with fluids, that's a different story. That you shouldn't be touching. You should, you know, get that addressed and have it dressed and have it uh, um, use gloves when you're around that. So open wounds, that's a different story. But um, if he looks fine, he's feeling fine, it's probably just a past carriage thing, and I don't think you have to do much more with that. Very good. I think we have time for one more call, maybe a text or two. Judy in Golden Valley is next. Go ahead, Judy. Oh, great. Hi. Good morning. I want to thank the doctor for doing this show in the morning. I really like it, and I learn a lot. Well, thank you, Judy. And I hope you can help me. <laughs> uh, this is my, I'm talking about my husband. He um, has pain in the femur bone area. So it's above his knee and about 12 inches up, maybe 8 to 12 inches up. And no one seems to know what to do about it. Has he had x-rays or MRIs or anything done to that? Yes. And there's nothing visible. No. Yes. No. So the first thing I say in people who have bone pain is if you're not 12, well, even if you are 12 years old, make sure that there's nothing visible like a tumor. Um, and he can have bone scans and CAT scans and a variety of imaging pictures to make sure there's not a tumor in there um, because it wouldn't prob- – bone cancer itself is not very common, but other cancers do tend to s- spread to bone. So I would want to make sure, especially in your case, it's not prostate. Um, Because that can spread to bone. That being the case, if that's been done and he's had all that looked at and they don't see anything, then then that's great news. And that's probably what your husband's experienced. It's great news in that it's not one of those nasty things like a cancer's, but it's bad news that we're not sure what it is. Um, And if he's having deep-seated pain like that and in the absence of any kind of tumor or cancer – 
That's going to be a tougher one, and I'm kind of at a loss of what to do about that. If it's more superficial, you can try massage, and you can try um, topical um, pain medications. And if it's deeper, that wouldn't work. So if it's way down in the bone, I could just recommend maybe some anti-inflammatories. And, and to get a specialist to see that, I would probably go to a rheumatologist, That's or um, not an orthopedic surgeon, but a rheumatologist who can maybe look a little bit deeper to see if there's something um, in his bone that he could or she could do something about. So maybe some anti-inflammatory medications might help him. Also, if there's, again, if it's anatomically intact, there's no tumors or breaks or anything like that in there, then perhaps some things like stretching, physical therapy, yoga, things like that might be helpful for him. I don't know if any of those things are going to help. Maybe there's an occult fracture even, just a a crack in the bone. Judy, that's a possibility as well. An MRI would pick that up. We have less than a minute to go, Doctor. Next week, maybe we could tell our folks uh, what's going to be oh, a big show next week. A big week. show next week. We're going to talk to uh, my good uh, friend and colleague, Matt Precker. He's one of the best lung doctors there is. He's a newer guy. He's been around four or five years now. But um, I'm telling you, you'd send your mother to this guy. He is that good. His name is Matt Precker. He's going to talk about uh, lung disease, primarily chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, um, which is the term most people know as emphysema. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about that next week with a guy who knows infinitely more than I do about it. So you're going to want to tune in for that and get your lung questions ready for the lung doctor. And if you don't have a primary care doc and need one. And we got clinics all over the place in the western metro area and downtown. Call us up at 612-873-6963. And as at myhealthymatters.org. Happy Father's Day, Dr. Hilden. And to you as well. Thanks very much. And next week's show, again, uh, lung disease. You tune in for that. 63 degrees in the Twin Cities. Any long here, if you're kind of a last-minute Father's Day gift giver, I've got an idea for you. Dad would love some patio furniture from that family-run CCO Land Company called By the Yard. You know what I like about my furniture out there? I never have to store it. Just leave it out year in and year out. Not gonna, Dad's not going to see it fade. There's no cushions to bring in, and, and it's heavy enough that it's not going to blow away. Well, if you're the procrastinating kind and still don't have something for Dad, I urge you to get on the web. You can do this. Very easy. Uh, buytheyard.net and click on the gift certificate. That's all it takes. I'll also give you a phone number. You can order Dad a, a color catalog. You can do some shopping that way, too. one 877 0448. It's toll free, 877-220-0448. Or as I said, get on the web at buytheyard.net. Happy Father's Day from all the good folks down there at By the Yard.